Good morning, y'all. Thanks for joining and getting ready with E. If this is your first time listening, I am E, and I am on a mission to help simplify the dialogue and rationalize the notion that even death requires planning. As a side note, the information is general in nature and is not to be construed or a substitute for legal advice from attorney. Now, let's get into it. We all differ on what happens after we die, but Louis C.K. said it best. Lots of things happen after you die, they just don't involve you. But what does involve you is doing your due diligence to ensure the ones that you leave behind don't have to multitask between grieving, planning, and fundraising. The previous episodes of Getting Ready with E focused less on the technical details and more on introducing topics and tools to help make initiating the dialogue more comfortable. But we're going to pivot into more of the details today. So, without further ado, let's get into today's passing dialogue. Instead of solely talking about getting your affairs in order for your passing, we're going to talk about getting your affairs in order for you stand around. Kind of a part two of the last episode where we discuss TBIs and MPOAs. All right, I'm throwing acronyms at you. But TBIs are a traumatic brain injury, which has been defined as an alteration in brain function or other evidence of brain pathology caused by an external force or trauma, or an incident or injury that could potentially incapacitate you for a short term or a long term. Here are a few numbers. In the state of Texas, there are over 140,000 TBIs per year and 5,700 disabilities per year due to TBIs. As these numbers are different than the numbers that I talked about in the last episode. One, there are two separate organizations and two, these numbers are specific to the state of Texas. And these numbers are provided by the Brain Injury Association of America, the Texas division. Also, in addition to TBIs, did you know that young onset or early onset Alzheimer's symptoms, which is a form of dementia, can develop as early as in your 30s? And this information is from the Mayo Clinic. Now, if you have a, in the event that you have a TBI or a form of young onset dementia, decisions still need to be made in the event that something happens to you that leaves you incapacitated. You'll probably need a medical power of attorney or even a living will. Now, an MPOA allows for somebody that you appointed to make healthcare decisions for you if you are able to do so. This is important because there's a lot of things that go on with this. And an MPOA is also called a power of attorney for healthcare. This differs from a living will, as a living will sets out the types of medical treatment you would or would not like to receive in certain situations. These are also called an advanced directive. Let me give you a scenario. If you have adult children and your spouse is not their biological parent and their relationship is strained, then if you encounter being incapacitated, there may be a conflict on what is the best decision for your health care. And even if your spouse is your child's parent, there still may be a conflict. So let's get into it and let's have a chat with the collective me. 
aka me, myself, and I. Self, who is my next of kin? If you are wondering who your next of kin is, it's typically in the following order. Spouse, children or grandchildren, parents, and siblings. Now, as a side note, this order can vary by your state of residence. One more question, self. Which of the people listed in your next of kin over the age of 18 is familiar enough with your wishes and will be comfortable handling the responsibilities of making your healthcare decisions if you're incapacitated? Or is this person who's familiar and comfortable with your responsibilities of your healthcare wishes even listed in your next of kin? Yep, those are loaded questions. But keep in mind, just because you think you found the ideal person, they may not want to take on their responsibility. So please be sure to have more than one person in mind, just in case. Also, if you've chosen someone who is not next of kin, you may want to let your next of kin know, depending on y'all's relationships. So in order to answer these questions that we had in our collective me chat with me, myself, and I, you're going to have to initiate a passing dialogue because we've all heard of people we know or know of having a medical condition that requires continuous care or monitoring, and there being some disagreement with family members in whether to keep them in a facility or care for them at home. These situations can be avoided by having a conversation and a medical power of attorney. I'm pretty sure most of the famous or influential people you follow have these conversations and legal components in place. If you don't know where to start, here are a few suggestions. Start with your jobs benefits coordinator. They can provide you with some legal resources or visit your state law library. They have tons of resources in the state law and what's allowed and can get you started in the right place. You can also visit my website, getreadywithe.com, where you'll find resources that'll help you navigate, as well as a link to the conversation project, where they'll even show you how to initiate asking someone to be your healthcare proxy or agent. Okay, y'all, that's all I got for today. Remember, Arthur Ashe said, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can.